You excited about being a part of the church? Amen. I like being here on a Thursday. I don't know about you. Amen. I like to be in church on a Thursday. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, how many know that the uh, the church is not synony- synonymous with the kingdom. Very quiet. Amen. I'm not talking about that tonight, but uh, you're probably hearing about that soon. Um, it's very important for us to be part of the church, but it's um, just as vital for us to be part of the kingdom, and there is a difference. Amen. I'm slowing it down. Told my wife, she kind of probably looked at me cross-eyed when I said it. It's okay. I said, people are dragging. She knew what I meant by that. That meant pick the tunes up just a little bit. (laughs) My wife loves those nice, soft, slow songs where you can just go, oh, oh, and I love them too. All those things are needful, and um, but I, I, I felt this, everyone was kind of like just coming in. Well, I'm here, and uh, so I'm glad she picked it up, picked you up, and uh, in light of uh, the lesson today, this evening, I'm glad she picked you up first. <laughs> Well, you can look at the screen and you can see why. All right? That really doesn't look too inviting, does it? Hello? Now, and if you're in a drama, that may be okay. <laughs> so I want to talk to you tonight about the five stages of discipleship. Five stages of discipleship. Amen. If you look on the screen, you don't obviously have to stand. We are are teaching. I don't know, uh, you know, how many weeks I'm going to be just teaching, and we're not going to have one of those blowout Thursday evening services or whatever. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some, but based on the upcoming format, there will probably be, be a lot of teaching sessions. I'm not saying there won't be any preaching. and I think we need a mixture. Uh, but we, I think we get a lot of uh, preaching, and not that we don't get a lot of teaching, but bishop, the bishop is primarily, we know, a teacher. But to be quite honest, he's not in the pulpit that often. And we don't have him uh, ministering that often as far as a, a church is concerned. And so um, if we're going to progress and go where we need to go, we can't get there just by the hoopla and the rah-rah. Amen. That's all good. 
And not that just preaching is just uh, fluff and no stuff. I'm not saying that. But uh, sometimes we have to get down to the, uh, the nitty gritty. Amen. And so you can see I'm still breaking it down, dragging it down uh, for a reason. But the five stages of discipleship, I'm, not, I'm trying to break it, you know, slow down for it, like I said, for a reason. Um, the scripture says in Luke 9 and 23, and he said unto them all, this is, this is familiar, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. It's disavow ownership of self, basically. If you could just sum up that word as far as cap the, 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 the truest form and definition of that word, it's to disavow yourself. Give up ownership of yourself. Give up ownership of yourself. Um, once again, you've heard me say this, and you'll hear it as long as you hear me talk. Um, Self-deception is the greatest deception of all. Because any and every person that claims to be a, a Christian will say they have denied themselves just because they have given up certain luxuries of sin. To be quite frank, if that's the case, a lot of people deny themselves without even being a Christian. Hello. And so this is not necessarily talking about giving up stuff. Because that's what we equate to. Well, I denied myself of this. And I denied myself of that. And I denied myself of the other. And so I fit that. And I meet that bill. Uh, The scripture tells us to deny, I'm sorry, to examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. But you and I know we spend more time examining everyone else than we do ourselves. I got a couple of people that's, you know how it is. Because we see everyone else. We don't really see our true self. You have never seen your true self. Even looking in the mirror, you're not seeing your true self. You're only seeing the reflection. You never see your true face. Never. Everyone else sees your true face. And so it's very easy to look at others and examine others because you can readily see them. I mean, if you have some, something all on you, just ate or whatever, you have something on your face, someone else has to tell you, oh, you have something right there, Right? Why? Because you can't see it, but everyone else can. <laughs> Hello? And it's like that. So, we have a responsibility, not as Christians, but as disciples. It's our job as a disciple to check ourselves out. I know already, as I said, it's, it's a little, starting to get a little tight, 
when you get on these type of subjects. It's like, um, uh, flesh is like, get ready. <laughs> deny, he's going to tell him, deny yourself. Flesh start talking. Doesn't even know where I'm going, but it start talking already. Deny himself and take up his cross daily. Daily. Daily I have to pick up a cross. Daily. Now, that part of Christianity, I don't think I like that part of Christianity. Do you? Do you? I had two people. Hello? Do you? There's more than two people in here. You can say, I don't like it. It's not a trick. I don't think Jesus was like, hey, hey, where's that cross for me? I don't think so. I think he was saying, if if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. All right? So it's okay to not like the cross. I don't want to deny myself daily. I'm sorry. All right? I don't want to take up the cross daily. But he said, hey, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to follow me, this is the condition. I have to give up ownership of me. When I wake up, I have to say, you know what? I don't own me. And then you have to mean it. can't be a politician and make promises. But I don't know. That guy Trump, man, he might be one politician that really is going to back up what he said. <laughs> People, I don't think everyone is going to like it, but he sounds like he's backing his stuff up. They won. He's already doing what he said he was going to do. You know why? I'm sorry, because he's really not a politician. <laughs> First time we had someone who's not a politician in office. So we can't be spiritual politicians. Say something, but we really don't mean it. We're not going to back it up. Disciples. I give up ownership of me. This is my life. My time, my money, my, my, my. (laughs) You know? And we are like that more than we speak out of our mouths. Right? We are born with that instinct. I know I'm not going anywhere yet. We are born with that instinct. You don't, you don't have to teach that to a kid. All of a sudden, they, the first word they learn is no. <laughs> Defiance. Right? Most kids, that's the first word they learn is no. They might learn mine, dad in between, but then soon later they're going to learn mine. Mine. 
I had my little granddaughter in my lap. She was being all sweet. And she could be sweet. Oh, you know, looking at me with those eyes and all that. And she turned and looked at another little baby. It was Eliana. Across the aisle, sitting on her mother's lap, meaning her mother, Vea's mother, with Vea's toy. So she's all in my lap, oh, pop, pop, and all that. And that head went like this. And she saw another little baby in her mother's lap. With her toys, she was pulling all the, oh. <laughs> and went over. I said, here it comes, Glenn. Here it comes. Watch this. Watch this. Mine. That's mine. See, that's just within us. You didn't have to teach her that. As a matter of fact, we teach them not to say that and not to be that way. But that's just how we're made. Like it or not. Amen. Give up ownership of self. That's what Jesus said. You're going to have to give up ownership of self. And then you're going to have to carry this cross around. Then you can follow me. Now, let's just say in the world, it's like, I don't think so. Mm-mm. That's what it takes to remain as disciple. Now, there are benefits to that. Now, on the other side of Jesus' cross, there was some joy, folks, unspeakable. And so when you carry your cross daily, there's some joy Every single day that's available for you and I to have. And we must understand that. We must understand that God is not some abusive, hateful taskmaster that just wants us to suffer. No, that's not what it's about. But we need to learn obedience. Discipleship. Let's talk about that. How many want to be a disciple? Despite the invitation you just had. How many want to be a disciple? It's like when you're sick. Right? I know a lot of you can identify with that. And you wouldn't hopefully, ordinarily, take some cough syrup just because. Now, I know some people are sick that would do that, and that's why you have to show your ID now just to get anything around here. Some people are crazy. But I'm not taking any cough syrup or anything like that um, unless I'm sick. But if I'm sick, give me that stuff that doesn't taste too well. I want it. If things aren't quite right, give me what I need, regardless how, how it tastes, to fix me, to get me right, to get me back on track. Amen. It may not taste good. It says taste and see that the Lord is good. Not taste and see that it tastes good. It 
As a matter of fact, the, the prophet said, and when I uh, ate of the word, he said, it was bitter to the taste. But by the time it got down to my tummy, it was nice and yummy. <laughs> Sweeter than honey. Exactly. And see, the word of God, that's how God works. It, it doesn't taste too well. But once it goes down, friends, it's going to do something that's going to be for the good. The adversary is the opposite. He's going to give you something that tastes good, but it's going to make you sick afterwards. Amen. So this doesn't look inviting. But, my friend, there's a reward. So let me just get to the five stages. I did all that. Lord, have mercy. I'll never be able to finish this. Jesus said, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So it's not an option. If I want to be his disciple, I'm going to have to bear a cross. For which of you, intending to build a tower, should have not down first and counted the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. I'm in it for the long haul. Amen. I'm going to be alive and remain. Said, which of you, if you go start building, you, you want to count the cost first. See, people get in this thing. Hello? They come in. My goodness, they come to the altar. They cry like babies. You know, they shouting and dancing and everything, feeling all good. After the service is over, this is the best feeling I ever had. This is the best thing since. It's so wonderful. This is the best thing since sand. This is great. This is wonderful. I can't believe it. I found my home. Right? This is the best place. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm joining this church. Man, if I had a dollar for everybody that said they joining this church, I ain't seen anymore. They come back, I only see them the next week. Get the call. What's going on? Cost. See, when God is giving out something free, the Holy Ghost, He freely give the water. Huh? It's going to cost to be a disciple. You know, drug dealers are like that. They give you the first thing free. No, and they got you. You come back, hey, where's your money? Not that I know anything about that. I'm just saying. Jesus kept on going with this. Or oh, what king? I'm sorry. I'm reading mine, but I didn't... Oh, what king going to make war against another king? Sit if not down first and consult of whether he be able with 10,000 
to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Try to consider that. Or else, while the other is yet a great uh, way off, he sent him an embassage and desired conditions of peace, meaning, hey, I can't beat this fight. I'm going to make peace. <laughs> I'm about to make peace. And see, people like that. You know? Once they realize they're in for a fight, nah, they put up their white flag and say, all right, devil, I'm just going to cooperate with you. I didn't know it was going to cost, I didn't know it was going to be this type of battle. So likewise, whoever he be of you that forsake of not all that he have, he cannot be my disciple. Forsake of all that he have, see, that's another statement. That we really, that he didn't really mean that, right? First, he tell me I had to forsake myself, deny myself, disavow myself, and then all that I had. And we don't like that type of Christianity. Surely he means something different, right? What I have is not mine. Everything I have is not mine. Don't ask me for my keys because it's not yours either. <laughs> That's not yours, so let me at No, it's not yours either. <laughs> I'm making payments on it, see, so I get to drive it even though it's not mine. Actually, it's not mine. That car is, a, is I'm leasing it, so I don't own it. So anyway, Jesus is saying everything that you have, everything that you are about, everything that you possess, you you don't own you. If you want to be my disciple. Once again, that's not inviting. Just being honest, it's not inviting to the flesh. But to the spirit man. When I wake up in the morning, I say, God, I'm yours. Take me, all of me. I belong to you. That's my spirit talking. My flesh is saying, oh, leave me alone. I cannot just lay down here for another hour. Ah! <laughs> you know? That's what my flesh is like. do this. I had to do that. I had to do this. Oh, my goodness. That's what my flesh is saying. So I had to drown out the noise of my flesh because flesh would like to, you to take control of your life. Jesus said this, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power was given unto me in heaven and earth, and go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the one name. That one name is the name of the Father. That one name is the name of the Son. That one name is the name of the Holy Ghost. We know what that name is. Everybody say it nice and loud. Jesus! All right. Amen. Teaching them to observe all Things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. That's the age. Amen. We'll look at that in the Amplified. 
Jesus approached. You might not be able to see it. I don't know. It depends on your eyes, your eyesight. And approached and breaking the silence, said unto them, all authority. So it was quiet. He just stepped up on the scene. All authority, all power of rule in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Go then, because I have all power and rule on the earth. I rule, he was saying. And because I rule, this is what I want you to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son, baptizing them into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. Let it be so. Make disciples. God uh, robed himself in flesh, died for our sin. The only part of God that could die, I should say, the man Christ Jesus robed himself and died for our sins. And uh, that man, Christ Jesus, received all power, all rule, all authority. And when he gave the disciples, his followers, the revelation of who he was and the authority that he possessed, the command, and we call this the commission, was to go and make disciples. That was the primary goal of Jesus Christ. Note, it said make disciples. He didn't say go and, 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 and save people. Go and build a church and get people saved. He said make disciples. That was the goal. So baptizing a person, a person receiving the Holy Ghost, a person repenting and everything else, that's not the end game. Hello. Except a man be born again. That's the beginning. And we get so excited, and we should, when a baby is born. Hello? We should get excited when a baby is born. But how disheartening it is. For a baby who was just born to have major medical problems and die before they reached the age of one. How devastating is that to a parent or to a family? How devastating is it to see a, a one-year-old have a, a, a traumatic accident and die? How awful it is to see a, a toddler, a two-year-old, Pass away. That's horrible. That just takes your breath away. Yet, in the church, it's nothing. We get excited for the birth. And Jesus said, hey, I'm, I love the birth. All of heaven rejoices over one sinner that comes to repentance. But let me tell you, that's not the end game. We need to make disciples. We need to make disciples. And we need to be and become disciples. Now, I know this isn't a rah-rah. 
understand that. And so we're teaching here. Five stages of discipleship. So I went over that, but I'm going to talk to you. What stage of discipleship are you in? I know, just like, you know, Category 5 hurricane, you're already there, Category 5. <laughs> you're going about 110 miles an hour. Amen. Praise God. But seriously, where are we individually? Do you care? Hello? You concerned? Do you want to know? Do you want to see some characteristics? Huh? Or you just want to imagine? <laughs> I imagine that I'm uh Amen. And so let's talk about some of these uh areas. Um Jesus said this, I'm gonna read this. Luke fourteen, twenty seven to thirty three. I think I may have. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Oh, I think I did. I did read that. Yeah, I did read that. I read that. Yeah, okay. All right. So I'm getting somewhere. So I want to talk to you about the five stages. Do you know that um, the word disciple and believer, they're not synonymous? They're not. We can't be satisfied with being just a believer. They're not synonymous. You go from being a believer, believing. So in this church, we call a new believer someone who had just been baptized, just received the Holy Ghost, new believer. All right? We know you have to believe in order to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to say this as kindly as, kindly as I, I can. Um, if, if you can't... have enough interest in, in, in teaching when somebody's just going slow, somebody got to be jumping around and hooping and hollering all the time, your faith is shallow. I don't care how, how much you think you. I'm not trying to defend me. I'm saying I'm not going to go 100 miles an hour. And uh, don't just assume you are somewhere. Be careful, the Bible says. You got to be careful. That's your fault. I, I've talked to people, and they say, you know, well, I've, 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 I've been through this already. I experienced that already. Like there aren't different levels. Right? Just because you stuck your toe in the water don't mean it's not, it doesn't get any deeper than that. You just got right in the little part. You're just in a kiddie pool. Just because you experienced that water, it's some deeper waters. The reason why people don't go into deeper waters is because of fear. Uh, 
now that I have your attention. The first stage of our relationship with God and the church is correlational. That's the first stage of discipleship, correlational. The word correlation, as you can see, means casual. It's a a casual phase of discipleship. It means the word correlation means complementary. It's it's, it's talking about uh, parallel interests. In other words, my walk with, with Christ and my walk in God, I have something in common. You know, you have what is called parallel uh, circuitry, and they're going in the same route or direction. So correlation is there's some uh, semblance. It's uh, especially of a uh, it's a parallel or reciprocal relating, especially a structural or functional correspondence between two comparable entities. It's a mutual shared relationship between two or more things. It's a mutual relationship. And so our we can and I, I, I know some of us may not think we're right here and that's fine. But I'm here to tell you that we either go from one phase or step to the other or we stay in a particular place. We these five areas are very distinguishable distinguishable, um, and we go either go through them, we experience them, we reach them, or we, we remain in these areas. And sometimes we struggle and we go back or we resort back to certain areas. You Sometimes you can go and, and, and uh, be in a certain place with God, and then you can find yourself like you're just stuck. There's no growing, there's nothing going on. Amen. Anyhow. And so you can be in a, you, you know, you could like spend some time way up in the seven heavens and then go back down and hit rock bottom. And when you find yourself, if you walk with God, it's, it's primarily based on a casual, parallel position, a, a mutual relationship. And sometimes it's like that with the church. Your relationship with the church is because, you know, it's a correlational type of thing. And, and that's the beginning of discipleship or the beginning phase of discipleship. And um, a, a good example of that would be found in Matthew chapter 20 or Matthew chapter 4. And uh, we know the multitudes follow him. I mean, great. They, they follow him. Now, he said, if any man shall come after me, let him take up his cross and now himself. These people, they, they follow him, great multitudes of people from Galilee, uh, all over the place. And we know they followed him for several reasons. What he can give them. Right? They were getting the word. The only reason why you come to church, because you get the word, that's not enough. I'm sorry. I'm going to church to get the word. That's good. That's noble. 
But a lot of people followed him to hear the words that he spoke. Oh, I love the word. That don't make you uh, uh, the, the type of disciple that you need to be. That's not going to keep you, not going to hold you. I, I know some people really into the word. Some follow him for the miracles. Man, it's happening over here. That's why, you know, when you have a service like this, you can tell what's what. Music is pumping and, and, and jumping and everything else. And, right? You slow that thing down, talking about some cross and all that. It's like, this is the music, get the plant. Or somebody get up. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now. <gasps> Woo! Yeah! Get back to saying, take up your cross. Deny yourself. <sighs> you see that? Y'all see that? Y'all see that? In the back? Amen. Keep, keep the power on now. Correlational relationship. Correlational discipleship. Now, like I said, I, I, you know what? I, I don't really, to be honest, I, I was just addressing those who, but whatever. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk to people who want to see where they are. Now, I can hype the thing up if you need it hyped up. Why are you following Christ? Why do you come to church? It's because you have something in common. That's correlational. I have something in common. There's something I can identify with. And I'm getting something out of it. So I'm going to come to church. What if you get nothing else? So what if there's a decree that comes, God is not going to answer any prayer, any more, any more of your prayer. You can pray and pray for others, but God is not going to answer any more of your prayer. For yourself. Right? All that blessing for finances. You're going to pay your tithes, right? But some extra stuff, you're not getting any extra. Hello? You're not going to see any miracles in your life. Nothing. Would you live for God getting absolutely nothing? Of course, everybody can go, yes, until it starts happening. <laughs> oh, you live for him, all right. But to what degree? How much are you going to put in it? Hmm? Do enough just to get by? Or are you going to give it your all? Remember, you don't have anything anyway.
correlational. I'm just going to be honest. When I first came to God, I'm telling you what. I told him, hey, this is it. I'll, I'll give. But it was conditional. And most of us did that. Yeah, I give, I give up that whatever because all this whatever I'm in and everything else, God, if you can just. Hello? And we stay in that mode, and guess what? Sometimes we resort back to that mode. We don't say we're going to leave. The next one is a, uh, association. We go from correlation to association. The word association means the state of being associated with, obviously, it's a mental connection or relation between thoughts, feelings, ideas, or sensations. The previous one is we have a mutual uh, agreement or mutual interest. Correlation. I have mutual interest. That's why I'm in the church. That's why I go to this church, because I have a mutual interest. This one now, I'm going to associate. And this is how you can tell when we're trying to make disciples. Remember, we are trying to make disciples. And we have to get people to go from just being correlational, meaning there's a mutual interest, or they just want something, they just want to be saved, to association. I want to associate myself with this. You know, some people don't want to, you know, say they belong. What church you go to? I mean, I grew up in a church. Huh? Most people can't pronounce it anyway. I have fun with the alarm company every time they call me. Every time, and I've had a lot of calls from the alarm com- company. I know you have too, and they call anti anti apostolic church. <laughs> None of them have ever got it right. I'm telling you, nobody has got the name right. It's hard to say Antioch. The ones that say Antioch, they cannot say apostolic. Apolistic. This <laughs> is like, I'm like apostolic. That's how we are. Don't quite get the word out. What faith are you? I'm a Christian. That's what we say. Apostolic. What is that? I like to tell people it's one of them holy rolling. You don't see that too much anymore, holy ever, really. Maybe that's a good thing, I guess, in some ways. Huh? I'm a holy roller. Is it what? I'm one of them tongue talkers. <laughs> they don't say anything else after that. <laughs> Dead silence. You know you've gone beyond association when it's not just a matter of t- of, of having some some ideas and some uh, thoughts and feelings. You so the association thing is you had some not just uh, uh, a mutual interest, but now you had some some feeling. But people have that. 
and, and, but we can't stop there. You know, you, you have some association with the ministry and with the church, but you hadn't been sold out. Correlation is I have something, some, some, you know, we have some mutual interest, but that's as far as it goes. Now you're associating with the church, but hey, you still have your own life. So it's a friendship or companionship. You know, that, you know, it's a to have contact with or join as a partner, ally, friend, or enterprise, or business, to connect in mind, to join in or form a league. And so it's like an association. And, and people's walk with the church and with Christ is like that. They are associated with Christ. That's not a disciple. Or it's a beginning stage of a disciple. But you're not truly vested when you just associate. When you get outside of this door, your relationship with Christ is just on an associate level. May have gone beyond the correlation. Well, you know, we're going to the same place and we have some of the same ideas and concepts. And this is a little deeper. But when people see you, your action, your character, your persona, even your personality, because we always want to blame personality. We make personality so much bigger than everything else we're supposed to be. Well, that's just my personality. That makes it big. It's not just. I can say, that's just my personality. When that's the, you're saying that's the biggest, that's the, the elephant in the room. That's the biggest thing. You can't say just. You can say, my personality is the, rules everything. My personality means, yes, you might as well say that. As opposed, that's just my personality. Like, that's supposed to supersede everything. Everything I'm supposed to submit to, everything I'm supposed to be, every, I, how I'm supposed to conduct myself, my mannerism and everything else, I can just blame it on personality. And God will say, okay, I will excuse this because it's your personality. Oh, you don't have to worry about my word right here because it's your personality. Oh, you don't have to love people because this is your personality. Oh, no, you don't have to be kind because this is your personality. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you can be rude all you want to because that's your personality. Forget what I said in my word about how you're supposed to act because that's your personality. Your personality supersedes the word and everything I have to say. I'm sorry for trying to rule you. I'm, I'm sorry for being your Lord. I can only be your Lord when your personality doesn't show up. But then, uh, you don't tell me what to do right now because my personality is kicking in. It's just my personality. Because we, when we say a personality, we just associate. We just have a social, uh, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm a disciple, but I'm only on that association level. Because with association, you can go, you can, you can check out anytime you want to. 
I'm a friend, you know, I have contact, and, I, you know, I'm a partner. We got a relation, and, you know, we all right. We got, I got some feelings and some sensation out of this thing, but when my other feelings kick in, my personality kick in, hey, I'm associated with you, but you don't own me like that. Is it hitting home a little more? Association. Bible says that people walk with him. I mean, disciples and everything else. And the Bible says from that, oh, and this is, I'm sorry, I'm on association. Uh, forgive me. I'm going, to, going ahead. You remember that guy? I think his name is, what's his name? Who said that? Judas. Right. I couldn't remember that name. Of course y'all know I'm not. That guy was associated with Christ. That guy slept around with Christ. He was one of the twelve. Do you know that when Judas was a, when when Jesus sent the twelve out and everything else, Judas was casting out some serious devils. Slight problem, he didn't cast the one out that he had. That's the truth. The Bible said he had a devil. Yeah, I'm associated. It's not enough. Was he a disciple? Hello? Yes. Judas was a disciple. Oh, hello. See, that's the stages of disciple. You can say you're a disciple. I'm not trying to deny that. But there are different stages of discipleship. And just because you've been a disciple, you better be careful that it's not just an associational type. Because when the moment is right and things aren't going accordingly. Oh, hallelujah. Association. From that time, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Betray him. I know we'll say we'll never do that. We would never do that. You don't know what you'll never do. No, how many here have said, I won't do that? How many of you in here, after you became a Christian, you say, I'll never do that again? And you just go around wagging your head. Did it again. I'll never let them get me this way. I did it again. Hallelujah. So this association, a little more than a mutual interest. You have feelings and ideas, and you have all that. You're, you're partnering. You, you're partnering with him. You're a disciple. But just like I'm not calling anyone a Judas, friends, I can tell you, I'm just going to tell you right now, there was a time when I... I was walking with God. I was involved in ministry and everything, uh, you know, or just trying to be uh, involved in ministry. I think I was in the um, process and all that. And I'm just telling you, I became cross to some things. My wife was concerned. I was, I was coming to church, right? But 
I was like, I was just hanging on by a string. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Some of you know recently what I'm talking about. That string. Now, I know some of you, some of you have never. Some of you never feel your flesh rising. As I said before, you don't feel your flesh rising because it's already at the top. <laughs> don't have to rise. I never feel my flesh rise. If you never feel your flesh rise, it's already at the top. There's nowhere else to rise. Hopefully you feel your flesh rise sometimes so you can push it down. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Next stage is connectional. Oh, now you you gone. You you passed association. You connected. The word connection we know is the active state of being connected. A union, union with him. Something that joins, relates, links, and bonds. The word connected means joined or fastened together. Do you know a bond can be broken? Hello? And so you have a link. This type of relationship with Christ and the church is one of being joined in close relation. There is a distinctive union and a sense of being united. A bond and link has developed which joins the parties together. This stage is crucial and a critical part in your uh, discipleship. Because one feels this connection and sense of belonging, it may cause one to feel that they have reached the peak in their relationship with Christ and the church. Many will become content with this stage, but often will feel incomplete and dissatisfied within. Often one will feel threatened, violated, and feel that they are being pushed or forced when they are asked to go any further. Because you are connected. When someone challenges you to go further, you feel pushed. Why don't he leave me alone? I'm fine just where I am. When you feel like you're being pushed, that ought to be your signal right there. He's always pushing. He's always demanding. He's always asking. You're right. You carried the cross yesterday. Come on, get that cross again today. Every single day, there's going to be more. When you feel like you have arrived, I have arrived. I'm here. You look around, you hadn't gone anywhere. You still have a long way to go. And so we can never get to a place where, okay, I am where I need to be. I'm totally connected, not understanding that connections can be severed. Bonds can be broken. And we, and this is great that, you know, you've gotten to this place. And, and a lot of us have has gotten to this place and, and and how many how many you you've oh, you you you've, you've 
gotten to this place and everything is going wonderful, then all of a sudden you just have your questions and suspicions about the leadership in the church. You become crossed and, oh, it's got quiet in here. Mm-hmm. These thoughts, you lay on your head, your, your bed, and thoughts just come to your head. Yeah. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what they meant here. Then all of a sudden, you have thoughts like, oh, you know what? Hmm. I wonder what, I wonder what Pastor meant with, with that. I wonder what, and the next thing you know, it's like things, you start calculating. It, what, 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 what's going on with this? It, and, and, and now everything becomes negative in your mind or thoughts. Now you have to, every time something cycles through your mind, the first thing you think of is something negative first. That person meant something negative. Oh, hallelujah. I know none of you have been there. Connection. See, here's when people get sidetracked. They become dormant. They die out. Don't really see that they're dying out. Why? Because they're still coming. The music comes. They still shout. But everything is dried up. You just, just, just coming. I remember he spoke to one church. He said, hey, I know that you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. And he said, you need to strengthen those things that remain, that are about to die. They didn't have any clue. I know I'm not talking to anyone in here. But I'm talking about the stages of discipleship. I, most of us, we jumped over this area. I understand that. And um, so you don't mind me hitting it while talking about it. The Bible says uh, uh, at once, one time or another, people walk with Jesus. Things got a little tough. Got a little hard, Sister Tiffany. They, they begin to look at this guy like cross-eyed. They begin to question his motives. They begin to question who he was. You know, they, they begin to question what his intent and his motive was and everything else. And is this really, you know, why am I in this thing like this? And the Bible says from that time on, many of them went back. And look, notice who went back. From that time on, many of his who? It wasn't just anybody. Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Disciples. Disciples decided, hey, that's it. Even in this stage, I know you're untouchable. Some of you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. I know Elliot Ness, you're untouchable. Y'all older people know what I'm talking about. How many know you older going to tell your age? You, see, I ain't been around. Yeah, come be honest, man. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Some of you young people, I don't know what are you talking about. Some of you, I'm glad I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Untouchable. They stopped following him. Then he, Jesus turned to the 12. Guess who was around? Judas. He turned to the 12. Will you walk away also? They have a connection with me. Will you walk? The disciples. Some of the disciples. And they just turned around and said, nope. 
That's it. You know people, now I'm, see, this is the problem here. Is people say, well, I'm still coming to church. So they say they're, they're a disciple. You know people sit on these seats? Or not these seats. All right. People sit on church seats. And they just come. Hello? Been there. Been there. Come to church. I was in a connectional type deal. Then I, I, I reverted back to the uh, previous type deal. Hello? And I, I, went, I went to the, you know, we got some things in common here, correlational. And I just happened to just come every week. Wasn't moving. Hopefully, you don't think I'm pointing. Hopefully, you understand I'm throwing stuff out. And why am I throwing stuff out? So you can examine yourself. I'm not examining it. Now, sometimes it's a message, and I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. I have some targets. I don't have any targets. This is my target. This is just. But you're going to have to figure out where you are right now. Hello? Where you spend most of your time in your walk with God. Now, I'm sure by the time I get to the fifth stage, everybody's going to say, that's who I am. <laughs> hmm. He could have just went there. Some of y'all act like it's uh, 9 o'clock already. It's only 8.43. Calm down. We'll be out here before 9. I know none of us will walk away from Christ. None of us will walk away from Christ. Do you know... You would be surprised at how many people come to church and don't really have a relationship with Christ. Do you understand that you can come to church and you can praise God and not have a relationship? You know you can shout and not have a relationship? Do you know you can get your shamamas on and shalalas on and not have a relationship? You can walk out of these doors and have nothing to do with Christ until the next time we come back in these doors and go through the motions. It's a possibility. You know, people can even have some conversation with God. So they think. You know, that's in the Bible where people were praying, but they really weren't praying to God. It was like it was bouncing right back. You ever felt that way? Like you're praying and it's coming right on back. You're not even really being heard. It's bouncing back. So that's possible. And sometimes in our walk with God, it's, it's like that. Where we have to have a, a breakthrough. Have to have a breakthrough in our relationship with him. We had to we had to say to ourselves, you know what? I'm not satisfied here. God, I need you. I need more of you. I, I want to walk in you. I, I need your righteousness. I need you, God. 
And when you wake up in the morning, that needs to be your prayer. You don't have to, you know, I, I remember when I, you know, it was a while, you know, I thought, you know, all, every time you prayed, you had to be loud and, and everybody had to hear you in the house, you know. Gone for it. And, you know, sometimes we, we'll have our prayer and everybody, you wake everybody up. Yeah, you know, wake everybody up. Man, that guy's spiritual. <laughs> hey, deep. I wish I could pray like that. No, you don't. I had my best prayer. Nobody, no one even know I'm praying. God's talking to me. I'm talking to him. I'm just whispering to him. Yeah, I know it's it's more spiritual to be in the name. Yep, because we know when God, when he moves and all that, Elijah, here I come. I'm going to send my thunder and my fire and my earthquake. Problem is God wasn't in all that. Then it was this. Small, still voice. And it was God. Could it be the more you grow in him, it's just that small, still voice. And if he, and if he speaks that way, why can't I speak that way to him? But no. God! I know you're deaf! So I must speak out loud! Because I have faith now. Probably chances are I don't have a whole lot of faith now. And I know there's time when there's warfare going on. And we're turned down and I believe in speaking all that. But man, in my closet, it's between just me and the Lord. And I don't have to do all that because of my relationship with So you go from connectional to commissional. Now, this is deep, folks. But the problem is with this area in our discipleship mode that it's really bound by obligation. Commission is instruction, command, or duty given to a person or a group of people. I'm, they committed. Means bound by oblig bound or obligated as under a pledge to a particular cause, action, or attitude. I'm apostolic. Mm -hmm. And we do this because of command and duty and responsibility. Because we're in a large army. We are soldiers. You know? And we've been commissioned. And we do it, we get committed, but it's only out of obligation. It's dutiful. You get in a relationship, woman, you do what I say. Now, the other day, I was joking with her in a meeting. She was like, everybody was, uh, we were in a meeting, and, you know, I was asking everybody what, what you know, what, um, 
what their schedule was for the uh, classes and teaching and whatever. I didn't even ask her. And she was just, she was like, so you didn't, she was just joking. She knew why. You didn't ask me. And I was being joking. I was like, oh, because it's whatever I tell you it is. It was just, I was just joking. She know that. I was just joking. Now, some of y'all in the room, they were like, ooh. <laughs> if I meant something like that, I wouldn't have said it. Because it's not an obligation. Already knew that she was going to be with me. Wherever I am, she will go. She was like Ruth. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Your schedule will be my schedule. <laughs> Already knew that, Ruth. It's not a, yes, sir. I said, Simpson, where do I report? It's none of that. Some people come, yes, sir, Pastor Simpson, I did this. What do you ask me to do? All right, I showed up for this. I'll be there at all. It's like, I don't do this obligation. I'm like, you're not doing this for me. Hopefully, you're doing this for Jesus. We're going going around the building. I, I did this for you, Pastor Simpson. No, you didn't do it for me. You didn't roll up the paint for me. If you rolled it for me, you're missing the point. Hopefully you were rolling this thing because this is your church. You belong to here and you invest in everything and you invested in this. And you're part of the kingdom and you're here to build his church and be a part of it. It's not an obligation or duty. And people will live that way for God for a long time. This type of relationship is fully characterized by commitment. That's great. It's a sense of duty. That's great. It seems like this is the ultimate part of the relationship. I am totally vested and committed in all this. and That's great. But it has to be for the right thing. Jesus told, and I'm almost done, Jesus told, God said, hey, Master, good master, what should I do to inherit the kingdom, of God, the kingdom of God? I want to get to heaven. What can I do? I said, Jesus looked at him. You know what the commandment says. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt do this. Thou shalt do that. Thou shalt do that. Jesus went on. The guy said, hey, man, I've done all that for my youth up. But yet I'm lacking something. I've been obligated. I've been doing my duty. I've been doing everything God has asked me to do. I've kept all those commandments, man. And I still have something missing. I'm still empty. What's going on? Because Jesus only started at the what you got to do stuff. That was the second. And if you get to the first part of the commandment. And you see, that's the whole premise of being a disciple. That's the whole premise of bearing the cross. That's the whole premise of denying myself. The stage five of discipleship, it rests upon that. And God said, man, what? I've done all those things. And Jesus said, go sell everything you have. He said, no, Lord, please. He didn't say that, but he might as well said it. Because he said he went away sorrowful because he had a whole lot of possessions. 
It really wasn't about the possessions. It was about what he loved. He loved his money. He didn't fully give himself. You know, he, he denied myself. This is all ownership myself. Get rid of all this stuff. You're crazy. But, you know, people think. And, and his disciples said, Jesus said, uh, I tell you, hey, it's, it's, so it's, it's harder than a, uh, uh, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a written. And it's not talking about a regular needle. It's talking about a, I don't have time to say it, but anyway. And then a rich man to get to heaven. The disciples like, man, who can get to heaven then? Because they identified uh, 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 um, piety and, and being in, in, in the right position with God with money, like a lot of us do. We do. So, Jesus didn't tell him. The commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You should love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you see, that's what everything rested upon. And you see, Jesus didn't even talk to him about that's what everything starts with. You see, if he loved God with everything, he would have just sold it all and follow Jesus. So Jesus was saying, you're committed, but you're just like the rest of them. You're walking away sorrowful. And that's another place you can get to in God, and it's this. So I go from commissional, and, you know, I can go win some disciples to the next level. And I'm just going to skip this next. We know about Demas, he forsook. I'm going to just skip that. To get to devotional. The word devotion means a feeling of strong love and loyalty. Not just an obligation. But I'm loyal to Christ because I have a strong love. The quality of being devoted. The type of relationship is marked by the ability to completely yield and to totally surrender oneself. If that guy had this type of relationship... It would have been so easy for him to just say, everything I have doesn't matter. I wonder if, if he would have said, okay, everything I have, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, no, you don't have to get rid of everything. I just want to see where you were. So this relationship, this area is deeper because instead of giving uh, choosing to uh, allot certain energy and certain time based on what you see, you totally surrender everything. You see, and I, I know some of you are not really paying attention. I understand almost nine, and to say I'm going to, oh, I'm going to quit. But you know, our our uh, church schedule is is full. I understand that. And uh, as a matter of fact, I told my wife I'm looking forward to tomorrow evening. I'm putting my phone away. Told her to put hers away. And I said, I'm just blocking everything out. Because I know we're busy. We're heck, we got a lot of stuff going on and everything else. And, and, um, but some of us complain so much about everything that's going on. Everything that's going on. When you when you when you devote it, that's not even an issue. Do you know some people can't, that some people are, are, are amazed that uh, 
relationships where a husband and wife spend a lot of time together? Is it like, you need all this time and space away from one another, and you need to do this, and you need, need to do that, and, and, you know, I can't, you know, they could, couldn't imagine working with their spouse and, and everything else or whatever. I, you know, oh, I'm talking to somebody in here now. If you love a person, meaning you committed to them and devoted and all that, you know what? doesn't matter. You're going to have some rubbing wrong. But, you know, devoting your time to God, church, and everything else, when we get to complaining, what are we saying? My time. Hello? My time. Uh, I hit a bump in the road. My time. It, it's amazing because, oh, I know we, 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 we had care group on Tuesdays. Oh, you mean for two hours? And we had 90 for two hours. Oh. We, we, we have church on Thursday. Oh, you mean um, two hours? Um, man, we go to church twice on Sunday. I mean, two-hour services on Sunday. The Lord's Day, not your day. Two services, four hours. Total them together. Total it up. How many hours is that? Seven and a half hours. Oh, I teach a Bible study. Okay, eight hours, eight and a half. Oh, I uh, go to a meeting once a month. When you add how many uh, hours are in a week, seven times 24, somebody help me. Seven times 24, y'all got bad math in here. It's 148, right? 168 or 48? 148, right? Right? That's 148 hours. See, some of y'all didn't think I was that smart. It's 148 hours in a week. 168? Yeah. So I said 148 or 168, didn't I? I said one of the two. Right? Yeah. All right. I gave two answers. One of them, one of my two answers was right. So 168. 168 hours. And some of you say, well, some of it don't, eight hours don't count. That's when I'm asleep. That's your hours? What do you mean it don't count? Okay, don't sleep then. I love them eight hours, six hours or whatever it is. Right? Get mine. So 168 hours, and we give about 10. Okay, your leadership, you may give 14 to 16. All right, that's max. If you gave two hours a day, do the math. That's 14 hours. Hello. And we don't do it every day. And if you add Sunday, so you go 16. All right? So I'll even max it out to 20. And we don't do 20. All right? Hello? In the church, church stuff, you don't do 20. You have 168 hours. But we tell ourselves that we so wiped out because of the church. When I can work 
How many hours you work a week? 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours you work a week. 60 hours faithfully you work. 40 hours faithfully you work every single week. And you give God half of that time and you complain. Get a church half of that time. Less than half, most of us. Devotional. That's what I'm talking about. When we reach this stage, and I'm sorry, I've gone past my, my 9 o'clock minute. Gone past that say I went past y'all. <laughs> Devotional. We know you're not supposed to go past 9 o'clock. You go past 9 o'clock, you long-winded. You do 849, 859, you're not long-winded. Now I'm going to read this verse. We're going to get done. For this cause, Paul said, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, we are family, love upon in heaven and earth his name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit and the inner man. Get down to the inner man where it all is. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints with the, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's just be real. Man, and I had, if I had a revelation of that love, if I'm walking in that love and I'm filled with all the fullness of God, I wouldn't be complaining about this, that, and the other. That's the full height of discipleship right there, folks. And we may touch it sometimes. Hallelujah. But that's available for each and every one of us. I know it seems like a hard task. But when I'm walking in the revelation of his love and filled with his fullness, you know how it is when you, when you just full of the Holy Ghost and, and his love and all that, nothing else matters. You block out everything. Everything that's going wrong. Oh, hallelujah. And then when we come out of that Shekinah cloud, deal with reality. Flesh get to kicking in. We start thinking about, I got to get up at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. And next thing you know, all that stuff kick in. There's five stages of discipleship. And I don't know about you, but I want to be completely devoted to him. When I wake up in the morning and say my devotional prayer, no one else is hearing me but God. And I'm saying, God. Surrender. I want to surrender everything to you. I want to surrender my day to you, God. I want your righteousness and your peace, Lord. I need your strength and your health, oh God.
begin to say and speak these things. Lord, when I get up out of this bed, I want you to guide me and lead me and direct me, God, to do the things you need me to do. I want to give my life totally to you. I want to belong to you, God. I want nothing else. The most important thing for me, folks, to be honest, is God, I want to see revival, but I want to be with you more than anything. Won't you stand, please? I said most of us will say we're here, but I changed that. Most of us will say, I'm not there. Uh, nah, I'm not there. But it's attainable. And I want to be there. I want you to lift your hands. And we'll just, we have a, we'll spend a few minutes with him. Come on, in Jesus' name. Fellowship and what his spirit. Being rooted and grounded. I want the riches of his glory. I want to be strengthened with might by his spirit in my inward man. I want Christ to dwell in my heart by faith. I want to be rooted and grounded in his love. And I want to comprehend, I want to grasp the, the breadth and the height and the depth and the, the length and to know the love of Christ, to have experienced that word love. I mean, that word know means to, to, to know by experience. And by, it, it, I'm experiencing his love, which passes all knowledge. Because it's about God loving me, me loving him. And everything is resting upon it. All the commandments is resting upon loving God with all my heart, soul, and strength. And I can, I can do anything when I'm walking in his love. Filled with all the fullness of God. It's easy to, to do God's will when I'm full with it, filled with his fullness. It's easy to obey him when I'm filled with his fullness. Because it's not about regulation and rules. I don't belong to myself. It, my, my schedule is not mine. It belongs to him. His kingdom. His will. His purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, I want to walk in this. I want to live in this, God. I want to walk by your spirit. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to walk in your love, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, if you don't answer a prayer for my need, if you don't do anything that I, I would like to see happen in my life, my life belongs to you. Take me, God. I'm yours. Do unto me as you please, as Murray said. Handmaiden of the Lord. God, I don't want to just have a correlational uh, 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 commitment to you. I don't want to have an association type of commitment with you. and I, I don't want to have a, just a connect. I can connect and I can, I can disconnect anytime I want to. I don't want it just to be just a, a commission thing where I, I'm responding based on duty. Everything I do, I want it to be a devotion to you. 
Everything I do is because of my devotion, devotional. Why do, why do we just have devotional moments when we get up and pray? Why not everything we do is based on our devotion to him? Hey, when I'm ushering, it's because of my devotion to him. Hey, when I'm sweeping the floors in the church, it's because of my devotion to him. When I have to go to a meeting, it's because I'm devoted to him. Every prayer meeting. Everything I do, every part of ministry. It's because of my love. It's not a chore. It's everything built upon my relationship with him. It's not an obligation. It's not some mutual agreement. It's more than that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know this was a little heavy, maybe. But I pray it bless somebody today. A little evaluation of where we are, where we're going in him. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.